Welcome to the Woman by Definition podcast. I'm Kelly J. In this episode, I chat with Linda Bellos, OBE. Linda is a British businesswoman, a radical feminist and gay rights activist. In 1981, she became the first black woman to join the Spare Rib Collective. She was elected to Lambeth Borough Council in 1985 and was the leader of the council from 1986 to 1988. What Linda says of her experience is, I have a breadth of experience in the field of equality and diversity, drawing from my varied history and roles over the past 50 years. When you grow up being one of only 30,000 people in the UK who is of African heritage, as I was when I was born in London in 1950, you grow a very thick skin or you get wise. I apparently wear lots of different hats. I'm English because I was born in England. I'm Jewish because my mother was. And I'm also proud of my Nigerian heritage. From an early age, I thought that I was equal to other human beings. It was later in life that I recognized the systems of discrimination that existed and that I needed to understand how and why they worked so that they could be challenged and overcome. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Welcome, Linda Bellos. Not yet, Dame Linda Bellos. Oh God, don't do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you'd accept it? Would you? Would you be up for being a dame? Uh, I don't know. I was offered an OBE, and I must say that when I opened the envelope, I wanted to rip it up. But instead, I phoned three of the most important people in my life. And they all said, take it, which I did. Well done, <clears> you. <throat> well, I'm, I'm privileged and honoured to be speaking to you this afternoon. Thank you for giving up some time. Um, don't even know where to start. Your life is just bursting with really important bits, not just for you personally, but for us um, as a country. So in that regard, uh, Linda, which has been... What do you think your most important fight has been? Like when, you, when you're when you old and grey, what are you going to look back at and think actually that was the most significant? Or do you think it's not happened yet? Well, I can tell you on a personal level what has been the mo- one of the most... Um, it almost makes me cry when I think about it. Uh, I lost um, custody of my children, to my two children when they were young, Mm. because I was a lesbian. In fact, I still am a lesbian. What has changed is that these days, lesbians and gay men can have custody or access to their children. That's a win. And And I have to tell you that it still causes me tremendous pain. On the other hand, when I have my very big grandchildren sitting beside me, which I do quite often, or not often enough, um, I, I can let go of the, the pain and the, you know, distress. But yeah. uh, uh, you're a mother, you know, you know, if the idea of losing your children is not a happy one. And I didn't leave expecting that to happen. I really right. believed I believe their father, the man I had married. Anyway, I don't want to go, I don't want to dwell upon it. But yeah. You ask me a question, I'm answering it as best I can. There have been a, wow. a number of other 
things, issues, um, uh, uh, losing my, my partner to cervical cancer. She died five years ago. Um, that was pretty significant to me. And, uh, and it certainly reinforces my position on men who claim to be women. Um, and I'm talking about the trans lot. Mm. They don't go through some of the shit that we do as women. I'm talking about, I'm talking about menstruation, mm. a minor matter. Um, there's a whole host of stuff, you know, let's pay, uh, rape, all kinds of stuff that we as a group, as in half 52% of the, pop, the world's population, um, we, those are the things that I want to fight against and contribute to hopefully ending. I don't hate men. I do hate masculinity, just as I hate femininity. <laughs> I'm, I'm even handed well, no, being a woman is great, but the, 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 there's an ideology of femininity, which 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 puts us in a, an inferior position in relation to masculinity and masculinity is also uh, uh, as a matter of fact uh, quite oppressive to quite a lot of men if they could be themselves and not have to act in a particular kind of role in order to show that they're being a man um, mm. that would be a lot of Chaps want it. I won't. I won't be uh, over optimistic and say all of them, but it is timely if some of them get themselves together and look at, in a very creative and constructive way, look at masculinity and see if they could re rebuild it for themselves, so that they're not oppressive to women, because yeah. they are. The, the, mm. the, the, the things that men are forced to do, and I've, I, you know, I'm not going to stop get my handkerchief out for them but I have heard a number of men genuinely say that they are critical of, of, of masculinity to which I have to say well get out there and do something about it don't just don't expect me to pat you on the back hmm. um, so I know I, I watched a fantastic speech of yours when uh, we were both in New York at the behest of Wolf. Isn't your first go, is it? You're not a novice at this no, activism no, no. lark. So no. tell, tell for people that don't know you, and I'm pretty sure most of my audience will, but some may not. Um, what was your first kind of round of really brilliant activism? What, what did you bring to this country? Uh... Let me see, what did I, I think when my children were young, I, um, my first, well, leaving aside my, 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 my teenage stuff as a, as a, um, I went on the last Aldermaston March. Uh, I was at Grosvenor Square when, uh, we attacked the, uh, American embassy. Uh, what else? I mean, I, lots of the stuff of the of the sixties. I wore because I was born in nineteen fifty. So, in my teenage years, there was a lot of activism. Yeah, uh, and I was I was motivated to do something. Um, to it's not I I didn't think I'd be changing the world, but on the other hand, 
sitting at home ranting at the television is not activism so being out there um learning listening i said yes being out there doesn't i think it does matter even if you're not able to say anything you you let the man know that he isn't uncritically accepted that we yeah. we, we, we we're so not everyone not everyone can feel able to speak up but being there does matter so mm. i did learn that during the 19 during the 1960s um then i got married <laughs> in 1970 <laughs> it's not a joke but i did and i have two wonderful children to uh to thank for that so you know um yeah that's what i did and then when i came out in 1979 i i think i had kind of captured my my voice i'd gone through uh a, 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 i'd gone to university as a mature student in 1978 i was reading marx and being deeply critical of marx most of marx and all of the kind of socialism my my tutors were were banging on about was also blasted mail and yeah. i did enjoy i did enjoy writing uh, a note and putting it on my tutors um on my tutor's door and i think i said something like when did women become rational and what i mean of course is that the books that they wrote about rationality were all about men so if we're rational now, when did we become rational? Or was it just a made up bunch of rubbish to justify men's power? And I think it was the latter. So um, I did argue with my, with my tutors and uh, professors, etc. cetera. Um, and, it, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but I realized that I had fallen in love with a woman and i then went through a very deep political analysis of okay so why hadn't this occurred to me before so i had through my processing uh, recognized that there was this thing called compulsory heterosexuality <laughs> there really is compulsory uh, and i don't mean that therefore every woman would be or should be a lesbian but the ideology of our lack of power, our lack of autonomy. Those were the things that I realized and I deduced. And I pretty soon became a feminist and a lesbian feminist. And I have um, not ceased to be that way since. And we thank you for that. Uh, in back in back in the 60s and in the 70s do you think the enemy of women was a more visible enemy do you think the barriers were more visible or do you think yes. that we just don't have as many anymore i think we've we have broken down a number of them um it was the case that a man and a woman doing the same job the chap next to me might be pay, being paid a third more than i doing the same job that was a norm first of all we got into the the, the workplace uh, but we would often find ourselves without 
equal pay. So uh, ooh, that was, frankly, I think that was pretty dreadful. And it's still happening, of course, under different guises. But there it was, it was like national policy that yeah. a man would automatically be paid more than a woman. And I was not pleased about that, actually. I wasn't really quiet about it either. Good. Yeah. Well, we're pleased with that also. What I find frustrating about many of our uh, women's struggles is that women themselves like to divide, divide movements and, and therefore we, we don't progress. And, and I wonder if that was your experience, if that's something that women have always done or people have always done um, in activism. Well, it's particularly, I think it's that the, the, the gender stuff is particular. Um, some women, I think, understandably, I understand why some women are, um, I can't really use the word wedded, but it kind of comes to mind, wedded to the relationship of male and female that they have grown up with and they can be quite resolute in defending that relationship i i don't know i'm not going to i'm not going to have a go at at women per se i've known lots of you know i know i know a number not lots but a number of black people who will be completely uh, what's the word uncritical of racism that they experience because maybe they think they'll lose their place whatever their place is uh something they probably have worked hard for but they don't want to rock the boat and i right. experience a number of women doing a pretty you know pretty much the same um i'm not I, i'm not going to be hateful towards them i'm just critical and i sometimes have conversations that might in some cases cause them to change their mind because it i mean seriously you know having a respectful conversation with somebody you 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 know has thought about the position they're in the position they they take um but frankly i mean i i argue with anyone i i, I wouldn't <laughs> not argue with somebody because they don't agree with me and when, in, in a case what's the point of arguing with somebody who does agree with you <laughs> yeah. the challenge is to argue with somebody who doesn't agree with you but in a respectful way yeah um i, I mean I, I i i'm open to be persuaded um that they might be right but because i have lived through some of the things they're telling me and i've come out the other end i'm inclined to say maybe they're not right and i will try to persuade them as why they might take a broader view. Mm. Well, some of the men who follow my channel, um, who may well be not uh, remotely feminist in any of their thinking, they're quite happy to tell women such as myself that feminism invited trans activism. Uh, they <laughs> haven't given... <laughs> exactly. Well, they haven't given me a really coherent argument as to why, um, why they think that. I think it's the blurring of gender how. roles, or even yeah. how. Mm -hmm. um, but why 
what what would you say to people that that argue that because feminism tried to say that men and women are the same albeit for socialization and that is why men now think that they can be women what would you say to those people aside from stop me so ridiculous yeah exactly i want to say <laughs> don't, don't be bloody silly mate um there was an argument against women playing football apparently we couldn't or cricket I mean, it's an argument and we won those arguments perhaps those your the chaps that you are having to have conversations with would presumably think that women shouldn't play football or cricket or run you know banks or various other things that we are now apparently capable of doing which we weren't previously yeah. so i wonder what they think about that well, some of them would go. Some of them would go further than that, and they would say, "Actually, you fought for equality. Now, people that call themselves women can compete against you in the Olympics because we're all the same." We're all the same. Well, you and I have had babies. Which one of them is going to happen? It's bloody painful. The last, <laughs> and certainly your first, your first child. <laughs> I wish some of them would do it. Give them a break. <laughs> So you had a really wide, um, long career in both politics and consultancy. You looked at equality. Um, in fact, I watched one of your speeches at the HMRC uh, earlier today, and it was really interesting what you were talking about with um, LGBT equality, as you were so calling it, because I think probably when you gave that speech, the T hadn't presented itself quite as a absolutely as an opponent right. to women's rights yeah, absolutely it happened so when the gra happened in 2004 and you were very much a, a known voice um and i've looked through hansard um was it that it just went totally under the radar um and feminists didn't have an opportunity to speak out or did nobody really recognize the monster that it may well become well i think people like sheila jeffries did i mean she was i think she was in australia at the time but those kind of politics were spotted by a number of feminists i wasn't one of them i wish i was but what i what i said and what i taught is we don't have to like the law but we do have to apply uh, apply it we uh, mm. and uh, unless we can persuade government to change it that's the view I take. I still take it. I don't like the trans stuff now, especially. Um, but I will comply with it. Mm. What I won't do, and what some of the trans ignoramuses imply, imply, is that we have got to abide by whatever they say, whether it's law or not. Mm. The reason I comply with the law is that if I don't, then why shouldn't racists agree that they will ignore the provisions on race, etc.? So yeah. the I, I seek to be I seek to be consistent. We don't we are not obliged to like the law. We are yeah. obliged to comply with it. What I've all, I've said is that I would go to prison in relation to some of if the if the law changed on trans in the way that some of these people, I'll call them 
men or no, I can't certainly can't call them women. Some of these people want the law to change so that trans can use women's toilets, mm. uh, women's uh, spaces like the Hampstead Ladies Pond, lots of things that we fought for. I will not comply with that law. I will express um, critical views, uh, not violence, but within the law, I will make my views known of why they are wrong. Um, that's all I really can say. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have to... I don't have to like the law and I would do everything in my power to persuade um, to persuade voters not to support it. It is noticeable. I, I have noticed the extent to which the Conservative Party, who are apparently in power, uh, at least they say that they are. Um, I don't think they will. I mean, some of them seem to be supporting the idea but I, I know that um, if they want to win another election they don't get many votes for including the trans no. arguments um, and I'm not sure under the new leadership of the Labour Party of which I am still a member of the Labour Party I can't imagine the majority of working class people voting for the, tr the current trans argument yeah I think yeah uh, uh, so I'm I'm holding my position as the current act is maybe slightly problematic, etc. But it is the law, and I will comply with it. Um, but if the law were to change, in as many of them are arguing that they should be able to go to women's toilets, etc. All of those things, um, then I won't comply with it, and I will take the consequences. I don't know yeah. how many women's prisons they're going to produce, but there's going to be a lot of us there. Well, I don't know, by this, uh, at this rate, they'll be full of men anyway. Um, <laughs> with with um, respect to the, the Equality Act and the GRA, I have two issues. One, the GRA seems to make some of the Equality Act null and, null and void. And also, yeah. I don't know that sex-based rights belong next to religious rights. I wonder yeah. if the Equality Act is just quite a bad law, fraught with issues, open to interpretation. You know, you can have a single sex space as long as it's justified. You know, and I think that's odd uh, when, when the same rules apply to religion or race. Like if I'm a white Christian woman, can I say that it's absolutely justified that only white people are allowed to my, my meeting? And I, I probably can't find a justification for that. So I wonder why the laws are in the same well, kind of act. The, the Equality Act has different provisions and each one sits in its own right. The one doesn't nullify the other. So there's provision for um, religion and belief. There's provision for... Uh, I hate the word race, to be perfectly honest, uh, but it's there, race. Uh, there's a provision for women, it didn't say gender, it says women. There's provision and a limited amount of provision for trans mm. and for disability and for age. Each of them have particular and specific rights. They're, they should not be in competition with each other. 
And in the main, most of us are capable of ticking more than one box. I mean, we have an ethnicity, and we have a gender, according to law, <coughs> or a sex, more to the mm. point. We have an age. What are the other ones? I forget me. I forget <laughs> There's me seven on It's gender, yeah, reass exactly. it's gender yeah. reassignment as well, isn't it? Which is now, yeah. uh, now they've diluted it in the guidance to mean anything. It, it's almost like the whole. Well, trans it's not law. You see, I work on what the law says. Right. Not what somebody thinks it says, but what it actually says. And I take the blood. I'm going to see a turn around and see if I've got a copy immediately to hand. No, I. No, I haven't got one to hand, but I usually have. Uh, well, at least I used to when I was training people, because we don't. We are not required to like the law, but we are required to comply with it. And um, that actually means for lots of trans, the new trans people, uh, that uh, they do not have authority to, or justification to attack us unless they think they're men. Because lots of men do that sort of thing, don't they? So do you see though, uh, like from your extensive knowledge of the law, how does the G, how can the GRA as it stands, sit against the, the Equality Act. It just well, seems to, to be nonsensical. No, my understanding, and I may be wrong, I think I've been told I'm wrong, but I don't know quite why. The Gender Recognition Act of 2004 was incorporated in part into the Equality Act 2010. What has happened is that a number of trans activists have created a set of demands which they think are existing law and they're not. Right. Only when they have been passed by Parliament, they are law. The fact that they want certain things or some, uh, I don't know, I'm trying not to be rude now about um, our elected representatives, but some uh, <coughs> MPs uh, seem to be ba backing them, doesn't make it law. Law is when a sufficient number of MPs go through the right blasted hoop and it gets agreed as one side won and one side lost. That's the law in this country. I mean, I don't right. know what happens in Cloud Cuckoo Land, but in this country, it has been the case <clears throat> that a sufficient number of MPs plus one um cause something to be law right so moving away from the trans stuff oh, um, nice. <laughs> so each year my children at their uh, respective schools do a topic called black history month oh. how did how did that happen well it happened let me see i was the chair of the uh, of the what was it called? Oh gosh, IEDP. No, what was it? No, 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 no. What? I'm just trying to remember what it was called. Um, it took LSPU, London Strategic Policy Unit, that took over the radical bits of the GLC. So the GLC was ab abolished by 
<coughs> Margaret Thatcher, and a huge amount of public money was wasted when she then, or they, someone later, had to create something very similar to what the GL, uh, the, yes, the GLC had been doing. Um, so I became the chair of the new body that took over the radical bits that Thatcher didn't like. Um, we were, I think we were, what was it, 12 of the 13 or 11 of the 12, I can't remember, but um, one, of, one council didn't, didn't join it. We uh, agreed that we would put in, I think about a million pounds each, which is a relatively small amount of money compared with the, the count, a council budget. I think we, we had a council budget of around, um, Lambeth had, we, we were allowed to spend about 20, 240 million pounds. And we put one of those millions into a pot with uh, our other radical councils. Um, and I was elected the chair of that body. And we, took over, as I say, the radical bits. So there was a lots of good things that, that, that the women's unit did, uh, the race unit did. By the way, I can't bear the word race, but that was the <laughs> name of it. Um, I don't know what a race is. I know what the human race is, but I don't know yeah. the by virtue of, yeah. You know. um, it's a bit like gender. I think they're about the same, you know, man-made <laughs> piles of rubbish. Um, yeah, so we, 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 we did this thing and then we, we Labour lost the election that was we were thinking we were hoping that by 19 what was it 1980 was it 89 I can't remember 88 I can't remember when the election was um, but we didn't win um, oh of course it was 1987 Margaret Thatcher won and um, you're a big fan I take it no <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I am joking. Oh, uh, yes, I know. Our first woman <laughs> MP, what she like? Oh, anyway, um, yeah. So we we did. Well, I mean, I don't know what the question is, but the the the, the we did do some reasonably radical things in the short amount of time that we had, and uh, I think it was important to take on equality not for it not to be seen as something that only the GLC did before the GLC was there I mean Haringey and um, uh, um, oh, my lovely friend oh, he's de dead now uh, black MP Bernie Grant uh, will have been black it was one of the first black councillors um, you know, there, was, there were really a number of re really good councils and councillors doing radical things. Yeah. And in the following years, Margaret Thatcher did everything in, in her power to reduce the ability of councils to meet the needs of working class people. And I, 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 I still am saddened by that. Never mind, yeah. never mind us. It wasn't about us. It shouldn't have been about us. It's actually about working class people who needed council housing, who needed equality and fairness when it came to the provision of services. That's yeah. what that's what should have happened. And uh, instead there were cuts, 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 
and certainly Lambeth with the other councils like you know Camden and, and Hackney and the rest um, knew that we couldn't we couldn't spend that money on that unit we had to let the unit go and we then had a policy in which we would uh, employ so I think can't remember what the process was but we made sure that everybody who was working in that unit and who wanted to stay in local government could come and work for one of our our, our councils so it, that was a pretty it was my goodness me we did it quickly <laughs> we did it effectively but I do remember being if I didn't have grey hair well I know I've got it now but I certainly started having grey hair then it was such a it was such a um <clears throat> it was such an important thing to do make sure that our head we tried to keep the tried to keep the 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 spirit of of the of the GLC the bit that had always ignored women ignored disabled people you know had ignored uh, class as an issue um so and yes lesbian gay issues as well were ignored and we brought them into our councils and and uh i think we we we, we flew the flag for equality all of mm. us it's not it's not it wasn't just me uh it was all of us but i'm glad i'm proud to have been um, the uh, chair of that body for its short time and I'm glad that many of the things that we did were then um, promoted in lots of Labour councillors throughout the country but I'll also mention, let me just say I must mention Manchester who were doing things without London you know so I don't want to imply that London was you know the only place doing things but uh, we, we we did quite a lot right and what was the vision specifically then for black history month what did you think that that would do to the sort of the, the culture and the way people felt about black people living in the united kingdom i'm not sure that we we were bothered about the way people felt but my motivation was to ensure that the history of black people was heard because I mean, before then and since, I keep hearing that X was the first per black person to do X and, you know, Y or Z. And I think, no, they're not. <laughs> um, because the history isn't there. And, and, and women did a lot of, feminists did a lot of work and still doing work to, to, to find again the women who did things. And the same has to be true for black people. Let me say something important here about the word black. The when I, when I used it then and how I use it now means it's a political term. Black included African, Caribbean and Asian. It doesn't mean it was compulsory. It was a political term we used to identify our solidarity against racism and in solidarity with each other and i can't remember exactly when it started this term black and asian just grew and i remember um uh, writing copiously about what what how problematic this black and asian as a term was and i'm still i still get furious 
So how do you think we can, because I, I've heard you talk about the whole BAME and mm. how you don't like that very much. And I, I think I'll agree with you. Um, but I sit here quite clearly as, as somebody who's not particularly impacted by that, yeah. that description. So what do you think would be helpful when people want to make the, the differentiation, want to talk about a certain group of people? Then let's say, listen, it. if, it's, if we're talking about people from the Caribbean, then let's talk about people from the Caribbean. Right, fair enough. You know, and if we're talking about somebody from the Indian subcontinent, we might say that, or they might be from a particular country. I mean, lots of people died seeking, seeking representation for themselves. I'm thinking about Sri Lanka, I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, the, uh, the, the partition between uh, India and Pakistan that you know there have been fights huge numbers of people died I don't think we should be so disrespectful to lump them all together mm. if we're talking about I mean we don't just talk I don't just describe you as European no. actually you come from the continent of Europe so in the circumstances let's be a bit respectful about why we're describing somebody in a particular way. And if Do you think it's Twitter to... characters, Linda? Do you think it might be Twitter characters that we're all so reductive now? Everything's just brevity and laziness. It we can't be. even be bothered. It could be, but I do still hear people use terms and phrases which are not respectful of where people come from. I like the term black as being inclusive of all of those of us who are subject to racism because of the colour of our skin. Yeah. Uh, that's, the t that's why I refer to a number of Asian groups as black. Actually, look at Southall Black Sisters. They're mainly Asian. What are they calling themselves black? from the same reason it is the same struggle mm. against racism in its many forms just as sexism has many forms you think it was a well-meaning group of do-gooders that decided that bame was preferable yeah i think it was somebody or some group who liked playing divide and rule right well, there's many of those. Long, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was, I tuned into a UN discussion. It was a, it was a Zoom thing and you could join in and, and we'll watch it. And there was a Sri Lankan um, lesbian who's been fighting the law, I think that was imposed upon Sri Lanka actually, during one of Britain's more uh, sketchy little bits of past anyway so they've got a ban on lesbian unions and and homosexual men um, being in relationships and she's fighting it and there were they were all legal people so all super legal people and how you can use the law to help LGBT people so I just asked repeatedly what is a woman because if you can't say what a woman is you can't defend a same-sex relationship because you can't say what two people of the same sex are and they totally ignored me for my mm. 20, 21 questions and I, I do 
fear because they also use the terms repeatedly yoga carter principles um, and they used uh, soggy so sexual orientation and, and gender identity and i wonder if you have a view on how those quite pernicious new terms are going to destroy the rights of maybe lesbian women and women more broadly throughout the globe and it's certainly in countries like sri lanka well uh i think we whoever the we is need to explain the politics it's such a new politics i mean if you ask those people in sri lanka or lots of places you know how how long has this politics been going on because <laughs> it's very that we're talking about a couple of years yeah. that this this plethora of demands that if a man puts on his mother's clothes that somehow he becomes a woman it's it so offends me that it doesn't make me wish to be violent it does make me wish to be articulate and decisive and prepared to be the subject of other people's violence these 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 men who say they're women are remarkably violent like their brothers it's odd, so isn't, isn't, it? It, isn't it odd isn't it odd i mean <laughs> but it isn't funny no. i i don't wish to suggest that all trans women are of that ilk because i have a number not a huge number a number of friends who are trans who are on our side who don't agree with this new destructive violent it's more than destructive as well i mean it's so oppressive mm. it is oppressive of women of the of the gains that we have made over the last hundred years across the, the the world never mind the continent across the world and a few men have found a way of turning the clock back and putting us back into our second class status mm. and i'm not going to 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 agree with it as indeed will you not agree with no. it i there sort of feel with of I, I feel with trans activism if sexism and misogyny um tries to pick at women and decapitate us if you like then trans activism tries to destroy us from the very root of of what we are which i do mm. think is is more pernicious uh, one final question because i realize i've taken up nearly a, an hour of your time what do you think moving forward is the biggest threat for women what do you think i, I you know i'm a single issue person in fact i'm not anymore because i've just i've just had my eyes terrifyingly open to the global baby trade and surrogacy mm. and i can't i can't get that out yeah. of my brain at all mm. but what do you think moving forward is the biggest mm. fight for women and from your veteran stance of fighting for women how do you think women should go about it well I do think that there are some techniques that we developed 
back in the 60s and 70s in particular, which are actually quite revolutionary and wonderful. And that's consciousness raising. And that is being in small groups. It's about challenging hierarchy. It's about I mean, challenging hierarchy amongst ourselves and talking about power, talking about our the abuse that many of us have suffered, uh, sexual abuse that many of us have suffered, sharing the personal is political. I, uh, these are these are, are, are phrases from the past. I continue to hold them dear. I think that in terms of what works, some of the feminist practice of the, particularly the 70s, into the early 80s in Britain, and I can't speak for other, other lands, but in Britain, consciousness raising, group working were really important and I think they work. I, I, I've since then been a member of the Labour Party, no other party. I, I, I'll carry on voting Labour but my, my, the processes are so male dominated. They're so by men for men. And then they wonder why women don't necessarily want to get involved. Um, so yeah, feminist process is for me as important as not just the words, but the how, how we do things. If we're talking about if we're talking about freedom and equality, then it has to be freedom and equality for all women in the group that we're in, not just at right. some wonderful time in the future that may never come. You, we make it happen now, and we move from the now, from the us, outwards. It's not something you, that somebody does to us. We learn, we share, we seek to be equal and i mean you, we can't we can't get rid of the oppression that that you know a disabled woman has experienced most of her life if not all of her life but we can learn and understand i'm not in favor of a hierarchy of oppression in which i probably said it already and i often bang on about it but i don't think that one can honestly say that being black is worse than being X or Y. We right. don't know, we, only, we are only ourselves. We only have our own experience. We do need to be aware of history. How did Britain come to own and dominate huge parts of the world and be proud of it? We need to know factual things and to listen to each other or to listen to sisters i can hear my dog trying to that's my dog trying to get me uh, <laughs> um i, I think I'm, it's timely for me to go but there are things about feminist process which i think i've never come across anything better for as a way of helping us work with each other and be respectful and listen to each other and learn from each other this is a, a basis for creating something that will last, that will can, and for me, that feminism has lasted, notwithstanding I've been a council leader, I've done this, I've done that, but they're terribly 
chap-like, <laughs> organised by men, for men mainly. And, I, you know, I can do it, but there are better ways. And I'm sure that for lots of men, if they would stop just trying to, you know, hold their willies and, and, and just try to put into practice what they say they want in terms of power. They want power to do things. Well, let's, let's, yeah. let's find a way of, of, of achieving that without ste stepping on other people. Mm. And do you think there's, a, there's anything particularly urgent or do you think there's so much work to be done by feminists and feminism that everything has to happen? There's not one thing that, that you feel is, is more urgent? I, no, I can't, I couldn't say that. I just, I, because for every woman, it might be a different priority. Yeah. Who, who am I to say that, that, you know, X is more important than Y? I'm not. Mm. The good thing about feminism was that you could get into a group that's interested in the same things that you're interested in. Right. And, and then we, we'd argue with each other in conferences. My God, the conferences were, were hard going, but my, no less hard than being in the blasted Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you agreed to talk to me. Thank you so very much. It's been wonderful. And I totally agree with you that the conscious raising and getting in rooms together and having human contact and reading each other's faces is absolutely essential. If we're sighted. Forward. If we're sighted. We can't if do we're that sighted. Not sighted. Yes. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Linda Bellos. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Woman by Definition podcast. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe.